spending 30 minutes to make a quick meal, you're like, ugh, I don't want to spend 30 minutes. Let me hop in my car, (laughs) drive 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes somewhere. Productivity Lab, the podcast where you put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting stuff done to the test. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm Mark. And today we are talking about a subject that at least I've been practicing for a while. I'm not sure about you, Mark, called time blocking, or some people call it time boxing. Uh, but before we get to that, how have you been, Mark? Uh, <laughs> pretty good and unproductive. <laughs> um, I've October uh, somehow turned into vacation time for me. Um, on side projects. I'm not sure the reason why, but it looks like the last thing that I recorded time for was back on Monday, October 12th. So. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Yeah. It's been yeah 12 days, yeah. nearly two weeks. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure why or what happened is just kind of, um, I didn't put things on the calendar or, or You know, I didn't do my Sunday planning session and then it just kind of continued um, until uh, today (laughs) where I'm like, oh, I got some stuff that's coming up that's due and I haven't been working on anything. So um, but part of that, uh, as as far as like not working on side project stuff, it's because it's been also a very busy time at the day job as well. So lots of Mm -hmm. uh busy cases, lots of trainings and other things being due. So, um, it's been also like late hours that I've been working as well. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of sapped some of my energy when the daytime job bleeds over into the nighttime life. Yeah. Um, It just kind of pushes everything else. You know, of course, like when you stop your work day at seven 30 or eight o'clock at night, then you have to make dinner, unwind and, Next thing you know, you need to go to bed and start the day over. So it's kind of been like that. Uh, So not too much going on in my arena. What about yourself? Also, it hasn't been that busy this month. I think I just started crashing on side projects for some reason. I have no idea why. Uh, I kind of blame just watching the polls too much for the election to like just want to be over. (laughs) uh, Yeah, so I think that's going to do with it. But I did uh, write one of my first short stories in a while today. This morning, uh, when we're supposed to be recording, I got to kind of on a story idea that I uh, delayed our recording time by a couple hours. But uh, it was nice to do that. I don't know if I'll be publishing the uh, story. Probably will. Uh, but right now, I need to go back and edit it. It's called mm-hmm. The Constant is the name of the story. And that's uh, that's about it. I've occasionally delved into other side projects, but not more than just like maybe nice. than half an hour a day. Yeah, just for some reason, just crashing a bit. Of course, this is being released in November, so everybody will know the result of the election by then. So this is a bit of a time capsule during this turbulent year that one month can make all the difference. <laughs> this is going to be released, I think, November 30th, so past the election day. <laughs> uh, you guys should be coming back home from uh, your time with your family, and hopefully you don't get too yeah. heated around the dinner table <laughs> about uh, the current political climate. But no, uh, that's just the that's just what happens during election years. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a pretty slow time. I've been uh, playing a lot of Dark Souls 3. I love that game. I never actually beat it. Uh, I beat it vicariously through a uh, Let's Play series I watched a long time ago, which is before I was into any, ta- into any Dark Souls games. And uh, I actually do enjoy that series a lot. So I'm replaying Dark Souls 3 as a dex build. Uh, people t- tend to do strength builds. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a dex build to, do some- to mix up a bit. Apparently they say you'll regret it later game, but we'll find out. Yeah, so it's just been Dark Souls, occasionally writing, and the rest of the time reading is pretty much what it is. So it's a, it's a pretty slow time. Right on. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Or shall I move into the topic? Uh, yeah, let's, let's dive into it. All right. Time blocking. I love time blocking. So a uh, good way to describe this method is kind of like a time budget. Uh, a time block and... The shortest way to think about time block is you have a calendar and on that calendar you have like a different bar for each hour of the day, zero to 24. And then you look at that, those uh, bars and you say, okay, between say between 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. I'm going to work on this thing only. And that's it. That's what time blocking is. You're pulling a block of time that's associated to one task or sets a task 
that you tell yourself, I'm not going to focus on anything else during this time. I'm going to just do it right now. And then when this time block is over, I'll decide then uh, if I want to continue it or not. And the nice thing is like I use Google Calendar. You could adjust things to the 15 minute increment on Google Calendar and uh, you could make it very flexible. Time blocking is I actually attribute to a lot of my focus at work since I have like a bajillion different projects that work on network. And sometimes it's just like, I don't know what to focus on. So the day before, uh, now it's the morning of, but the day before I'd always sit down at the end of my day and plan out how I'm going to spend my time for the next couple for the next day at work. And I even time block my breaks. I even time block my uh, workout sessions because I know how long those usually take and I could uh, give it that kind of time. And then I usually time block things like anything productive. So it's like a way to like look at and visualize your day to understand it and uh, how you could work within your budget of hours, so to speak. Uh, are you familiar with this method at all, Mark? Yes. Uh, what's your history with it? My history with it um, was actually uh, many, many moons ago. Uh, <laughs> at my previous employer, um, I did a mixture of uh, support and projects then. So it was like half of support for um, internal users of the products I managed. And then it was the other half of my time was spent on projects. So it could be a very... Um, changing day, if you will, uh, where maybe my day will be consumed by entirely by uh, support uh, items if there was uh, things happening or breaking, rather. And then the other time will be spent where it was much more consistent in working projects. Even though they may have had like some accelerated deadlines, it was still much more consistent when you're working projects because you know what you're working on. Whereas in support, you don't know what you're working on. Um, you could be working on one thing that takes your entire day or multiple mm-hmm. days, um, and then it drops off, and, and then you can kind of settle back into a groove. So uh, with that, there was a lot of things. I, I'm pretty sure everyone encounters this, right? So many things that would demand their attention for the day. So you got into a groove of you coming into work, and you will read all the instant messages you were being sent. Yeah. Um, especially if you had global teams, you will review all the messages they sent you. Then you will also read email. What emails did you get overnight uh, since you last logged off? Right. And what I have found back then was that was creating my to do list for the day. And that would drive what I did. And so the other things that I needed to get done wasn't getting done. So back then, I had called it the power hour. And I may have oh, talked Oh, yeah, we about talked about power hours before. I'm not sure yeah. we talked about it on the air or just like our topic discussion, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that was my first time block in which um, I simply picked a particular task um, that was uh, the most difficult thing that I needed to mm-hmm. get done. And the first hour of my day when I got into the office I did not read email. I did not read messages. I did not do answer phones or check voicemail. I sat down and I already had picked out what the most complicated thing or the most important thing I needed to get done immediately. And for that first hour of the day, I tackled that. I knocked it out of the way. Um, And it helped me because at the time I got in, I worked a 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. shift. So no one at my company, at that company, was not too many people were there. Everyone started arriving at 8 and 8.30, right? And then you had to bulk everyone in at 9. So it was really a quiet period of time from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. for me to just chip away at that task. And that was my power hour. So that was my first foray mm-hmm. into um, time blocking, uh, and I did that like every single day once I, I discovered the power of that and the success of that. And I started implementing. Um, that's when the calendar became my best friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, all, all those years ago. The calendar is where I am. This is this is where this whole thing lives and breathes on is the calendar. Uh, a, a Google calendar is what I use for my time blocking. Google calendar lets you break things down to the hourly basis and even down to 15 minutes, uh, visually speaking, but you could actually get on to the minute. Uh, if you want to get nitty and gritty with it, I like my calendar stick very uh, uh, not stacked as Google Calendar would do. 
So I purposely uh, do it under the 15 minute mark, which is, I think, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, for a while, Google Calendar didn't even support 15 minute intervals. So I did the half hour mark. So it's kind of a little bit more refined now, so to speak. But uh, a calendar app with the right notification setting is how I go about doing my time blocking in general. Uh, I have Google Calendar. I have a specific calendar in Google Calendar that I create that is called Kyle's time blocking. Mm-hmm. I have it set so that way I get reminders every time that it's time to switch and also five minutes before it's time to switch. Okay. That way I just know it's going to come up. Some people do paper. How do you time block yours? Um, actually, it, it's a mixture of both with the exception of these past two weeks. Everything actually is input on my Google Calendar because I need that. I need that to drive my day. Mm-hmm. So I, I need that to see what's going on, what time I'm doing something. So then I can uh, I know, OK, if I have this at this time, then, you know, I need to be up around this time. And then maybe I can go for my morning walk. Mm-hmm. I can have my breakfast. So I'm so I'm so rigid mm-hmm. like that, Same. which is also um, to go on a tangent. That's why when I go on vacation, I don't want anything planned. Because I plan everything else. Same. Like, <laughs> I, I went to I, I went to Iceland with a friend two years ago, and she like had an itinerary down on everything. Yes. I'm just like I just want to relax and hang out in Reykjavik. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, I when I travel on these, I, I'm the same way. I'm like I plan every single second of my day. When I travel, the last thing I want to do is plan a single second of it. Exactly. I have a very good friend that that when they tra- when we travel, he plans like. Every, I'm like, you should be a travel agent because he has the itinerary down for everyone in the group. And me, I'm like, I I, uh. I know. I mean, if I can go outside and look at the sun on vacation, I'm like, that's great. <laughs> I don't need to do anything else because I plan so uh, everything else. But so, yeah, everything lives in my Google calendar. Uh, but then also have a physical planner that I keep on my desk that I time block on as well. So it's a mixture. I, uh, when I sit down on Sundays to do my planning for the week, because I also use theme days, I know what days I'm going to be working on things. But then I, I still block off that time and say, okay, maybe this week on my lunch hour, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do this particular task in the AM. I'm going to do this in the PM on these specific days. And then once I have that out, work that out, that's kind of allows me to like free brainstorm or whatever, I reconcile those in my Google calendar. So it's available for me digitally. And I always know what's going on. So I mean, yeah, that seems like may seem like a a lot of work. Sometimes I get invites for stuff on my Google calendar that I then go put back in the the paper one so that I know it's there when I'm doing my planning and stuff. Um, It's just a process that works for me. So yeah, I, I do them both ways. And trying to keep my planner updated for when I'm planning stuff and then keeping my calendar updated so it's available for me digitally. And then that also helps in my work calendar. And I'll probably come, I'll circle around back to that a little bit later. But yeah, that um, the calendar is such a powerful thing. And there are like a few ways to help benefit you or things to do when you're doing time blocking in that manner. Yeah, yeah. Uh Time blocking, uh, this is actually one reason why it's good to do time tracking as well. Uh, because with time blocking, or if it's time tracking, you could use it as an estimate to see like how long it's going to take you to do this kind of task. So, for example, I always time block an hour and a half uh, for our recordings because I know from our experience it takes us about half an hour just uh, catching up with each other before we start recording. And then we record for about half an hour to an hour. And it's good after that. Uh, Time tracking is, I think, the most useful tool one can have when it comes to uh, trying to figure out how much time there is in the world for them to work with. And then the time blocking is then bringing that to the next level where you kind of preemptively are time tracking yourself. As you, as any listener of the show knows, we love time tracking so much that it's like <laughs> we call ourselves the unofficial toggle fan cast. So, uh, yeah. Uh, also, you brought theme days, which I think is a really important thing for this topic too, because uh, in a sense, a theme day is like a meta time block. You're saying that this 24 hour block of time is, is going to be focused on this kind of task. And then you then, yeah. uh, you then subdivide your day into that by your to do it, by your to do list and also your calendar to figure out exactly how much time you have for each thing. I guess in a sense, 
I've kind of stopped doing theme days, but I know you're very uh, adamant about them. Yeah, they they truly help me plan because before um, me personally, when I'm 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 working, I like to work on a particular set of things and just like stay in the mood of those particular things and not come out. I do like having a variety of things to do and not doing the same thing every day. I guess that's kind of why I've been in the support world so long, because you never know what your next day is going to be like and what you're working on. Uh, I think it also it depends on, you know, what non-support work that you're doing, where you can also have such a variance of things, which is also why I like UX design. But with that, um, it really helped me know and focus, especially when I was doing so many things um, outside of the day job. It really helped me know and structure what I was doing and what I can work on and kind of set up the week where it's kind of a snowball effect, if you will. So if I was working on these particular things, it will benefit the next set of things that I was doing, even though they may not have been related as as far as like the projects, but like the skill set or, or the knowledge or whatever that I gained from that. So having theme days really helped me in side projects. And I do apply it to my day job as well. I, st- I have particular theme days on my day job that help me. So like Fridays are my training days, if you will, um, though I may switch that up because for my team, Fridays for, for some reason are typically the busy day of the week. It's so weird, but I would have Fridays and then I would dedicate, you know, an hour or two hours, you know, behind the scenes, I like to watch like some training videos that our developers put out or other content at work. Then I'll have particular days where I would write documentation or articles or something of that nature or create content for training or whatever. Those theme days were fallback theme days because the primary thing for me to do is work in support to make sure that uh, we've cleared the cases and stuff like that. And then if I had the additional time, then I can fall back to those particular themed things that I needed to complete. So having the theme days just amped up my, uh, since I've implemented it, just amped up my productivity and focus because it truly helps me know when I'm going to be able to tackle something and when I can get something done because I know what particular days are dedicated to that task. So I always know that when it comes to this particular task, like anything writing related, I have multiple days throughout the week that are dedicated to writing. I have one day that's solely dedicated to business stuff. So uh, paying quarterly sales tax and all that stuff and financial planning is all on one day. See that. Yeah. This is about theme days, but like time locking down to the hour. It's one of the benefits of Mm -hmm. it too. Instead of like having that in the back of your mind that you got to do business things uh, knowing that you do it every morning at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Yeah. Gets it out of the way. Or you do like, uh, if you're like me at the end of the day where you would rather do a more uh, light task that are not so, uh, uh, I guess, cerebral focused. Uh, at the end of my day after lunch, I, I regulate that mostly towards things that uh, yeah, take less focus to get those out of the way because I know that I'm not going to be that focused in the hours of one to three. So I will always time block that. Uh, I actually have a specific thing in my calendar where I... Uh, I call it administrative work, which I do every day at the beginning of each day for uh, usually the beginning of each day for about half an hour. And at the end of the day for about 15 minutes, I just do administrative work, which is just pretty much uh, filling out my timesheets at the end of the day, uh, checking my emails, responding to emails, uh, reviewing yesterday's tasks to see what I got done today. And then after that, I will uh, put the different buckets, I guess you'd say on my calendar. Each block is a different like bucket of task where I uh, say, I do it by project by project at my at my job because I have so many different projects. So I'll be like, okay, this project work at ten to twelve, and then I'll take a lunch break at twelve to twelve fifteen with uh, getting a lunch ready at my desk and checking emails then. And then from twelve fifteen to one thirty, we're going to do this project instead. And then that way I could get that out of the way, only focus on one thing at a time, and it helps so much with trying to balance so many different projects. Uh, some people are a little bit more simpler with their time blocking. They just do like, okay, this is my deep work hours, this is my light work hours. 
uh, nothing too fancy, but that's kind of like what I'm doing by just give a little bit more labels to my life. So I, I divide onto the specific project that's being worked on uh, versus the uh, kind of work itself. Yeah. And that's like um, one of the critical things that you said is uh, earlier was identifying your low periods of productivity when you're time blocking to recognize like, okay, I don't want to block this time for an important task or to do like heavy work because I know I'm not productive. And that comes from our time auditing challenge that we did uh, a little while ago. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. That one keeps (laughs) me going back. It's a really useful challenge. It it was a very useful challenge because auditing yourself to see when you were the most productive and when you, and, and uh, when you're not the most productive better helps you when you're performing work or when you're deciding what kind of tasks that you're going to be doing. So that's something that I think is important to keep in mind. For me, it's the morning, the AM, which is why I had my power hours at the time. It it wouldn't work for everyone because they may, you know, they may have different um, requirements of them uh, in the AM. But for me, that was the best time. It worked with my schedule when no one was there to bother me. Um, to get things done. And, and just in general, even to this very day, the eight, the morning is my the best time that I can, that I can work. And then I have, and, and I'm finding I have a comeback in later in the afternoon. And, and especially we know I'm a night owl. So in the evenings as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. One thing that people do, I don't do this. Uh, I should do this, but I don't, is that they'll actually even like time block down to the times that they check their emails. I do. Uh, as I heard from another productivity podcast, Focused, I think it's Focused, uh, one of the hosts said that emails are just a to-do list that somebody else could write on, which I think has stuck with me ever since then. Yep. So some people, they just check their email three times a day when they get into work, uh, the midday, and then uh, right before they leave work, they check their emails then. That way they can focus on the things at hand. And they could add those, uh, doing those periodic check-ins, they could add more things to do list and then just put it away for a bit. That way it's not like, I don't know, it's not like 10 a.m. you're deeply focused on a design project and then somebody comes in with an email and it just completely breaks your concentration. I've been pretty bad at uh, keeping my email open. I know I should definitely do better, but I think it's a good way to visualize time blocking, which is kind of what I do with my administrative work. But when I put those admin work blocks, what I'm saying is that these are light work times so I will do those simple things I got to do every day that take about 15 to 30 minutes of my time. Uh, but I think that that's a great way to go about it too, is to just quit your IM clients or your emails if you can. I know not every job will let you do it, but if you can do that, it's a great thing as I've heard. Oh yeah. I, uh, since I've done that power and implemented the power hour so many years ago, I now have on my calendar, my work calendar, not my personal one, but my work calendar, particular times in a day that I check email. <laughs> so it's blocked on my calendar when it pops up. That's when I check email and I don't check it any other time except for that. Uh, another, But another replacement like you just miss it, mentioned are any instant messaging apps like Slack or whatever that you may be using in your workplace. I use Slack. So... For me, I kind of I have to have Slack up and available uh, to be notified of any uh, critical issues from customer cases. So I can't completely hide it. Um, I'm I work directly from my laptop, so I don't have multiple uh, screens open since I don't work from my actual desk setup. So I you know I'm always switching back or have to try to make sure that I don't go too long without switching back to see what's happening within our critical queue. And if something needs, needs uh, attention uh, when I'm working in between things. So I, I can't completely get away from that, but it does. Uh, uh, there is something else that I use that does help if you're uh, getting messages from uh, instant messages, direct messages, if you will, as compared as Differing from like a, a group message in a room. This tool I've been using for the past several weeks at the day job helped with time blocking and it's called Clockwise. 
clockwise integrates with your Google Calendar, and it also integrates with Slack as well, in which, so we've been using this on my team, uh, it integrates with Google Calendar, and you kind of provided some varying criteria, such as when are your work hours? When do you normally take lunch? Oh, what? I'm looking at this right now. It optimizes your calendar? Yes. Holy crap, that should be a review episode on itself. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is so cool. Yeah, so it, it takes all that into account, and then you tell it how much focus time you want for the week, and then it optimizes your calendar for that. If multiple people are using that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if multiple people are using uh, this it. This is impressive. I'm looking at the website. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> wow. It, like, my manager and team uses it, so when she gets a, like, your managers are busy, right? And your supervisors are busy, and so they may need to move around one-on-ones constantly. So when she gets a conflicting meeting, clockwise rearranges the calendars to suit the best time, and then notifies you and say, hey, I just found the best time for your guys, for your meeting, right? And... It moves it on your calendar, it accepts it or whatever. So it, yeah, it optimizes your calendar and takes care of that. And it also integrates with Slack to show my, to change my status, to silence any notifications if I'm in a particular focus time. Though I can't use some of the full extent of the ability. So when it marks me for focus time, you can list that as being a block on your calendar. I've changed it so it's open on my calendar, people can schedule meetings over that because there may be emergency meetings and stuff that pop up and Mm -hmm. I'm in support. So it's not like I can truly just block all my time. Um, I need to be available. So it does that. But if I'm in other meetings, right, it silences notifications. So I'm not getting direct messages and stuff when I'm uh, participating in another meeting. So it kind of limits that distraction. So this has also been an excellent little tool that I've been using during this, during these past two weeks at the day job uh, because we've been using it. So I think I started using this back in maybe late August or early September at the day job. And the rest of my team have been using it. So it's kind of been exploring that as far as like time blocking and getting focus time on your calendar. So I have not integrated with my personal calendar to add things because what it will do if you like have multiple calendars, for example, and you put things on your personal calendar, meetings or travel time or vacation or whatnot, it will recognize that and block it on another calendar to to say that you're unavailable. So if I have a doctor appointment that I have on my personal calendar, um, and if it's linked to multiple calendars, it will show on my work calendar, for example, this time is blocked because I have a doctor appointment. And maybe there's travel time uh, included in that, so it will block the travel time as well. So it, it, it's really cool. Um, I haven't used it fully, but we can definitely do that as part, <laughs> part of a review. Yeah, this is this is. Well, I just almost cursed too. I'm impressed. I am. <laughs> wow, this is the meat of the episode here. <laughs> yeah, I, so that's what I was referring to, and I was like, ah, that's a, a nice little se- another segue into it because I want to make sure that I mentioned that I was using this tool. So it wasn't just manual, yeah. but in my day job, I've been using. I'm all manual, which takes about five minutes each morning to block everything out for the day, which gets annoying. That's a. I like this a lot, but it's only on Chrome as an extension. Uh, I use Firefox on my personal computer. I guess I could use Chrome for like occasional things. I prefer Firefox though. But yeah, that's that's really fascinating. I we aren't we only use Chrome on my work PC, so it won't be a big issue for my work days. But wow, damn, <laughs> this is it's magic. Yeah, <laughs> I have been using a tool of time blocking for a while. I've actually been doing less lately because of how complicated it is, and mm-hmm. also I just kind of grew into this habit. But uh, I actually probably won't be doing this in the future because I might change uh, phones, but I use this thing on my phone called uh, Tasker. It's an automation tool that, yeah, it's like IFTTT, but uh, more oh, yeah, yeah. granular. And you, if you really want to get crazy, you could root your phone and do even crazier things with it. And Tasker allows you to connect it to the Google Calendar API, and you'd have it to uh, you'd have it set to recognize different keywords, and it'll use those keywords. If it sees it, it'll make your phone function differently. However, you want to function is up to you. So I set up on my phone, I have what I call hashtag busy, hashtag M, 
hashtag free, hashtag sleep. I think of hashtag focus, which I never use. And each of them triggers a different event on my phone. So hashtag busy blocks me from using any app on my phone except for messaging apps and my phone app and music and podcasts. That's all I could use with hashtag busy. If I were to try to open up anything else, it will immediately close the app in front of me. And I can't, I, I can't, I can override it, but it's a lot of work and it's annoying. And it's also, you can also uh, work around it by, if you keep on opening the app again and again, uh, Android will override it and it'll let you use it. But usually I need to fire it like five times if I want to open up the app. So I really have to want to use it. It gives you enough time to think about it. Uh, my hashtag M mode is what I call messaging mode. So it blocks off all distracting apps except for my messaging uh, things. I used to do hashtag M every Friday whenever I went out more. So that way I could only ever use my texting apps to just text people and say, hey, where are you up to? And my phone call maps and I guess like Uber and Lyft as well. I could use those. Uh, my hashtag focus shut down everything except for music, which is why I don't use that often. Hashtag sleep shuts down everything except for uh, my reading apps. And since I switched to Kindle as my main reading platform, I don't even use it that much anymore. Also, except for hashtag sleep, I can only watch YouTube for 20 minutes before it turns off YouTube. And I also have, uh, what was the other one? Like, uh, hashtag free. Hashtag free is kind of there as like a fail safe because sometimes Tasker will screw up. And it's supposed to be if it doesn't read anything in my calendar, it should like deactivate all restrictions. But sometimes it doesn't do that, so I need to trigger it again. So I just do hashtag free, and it uh, it lets go of all restrictions. So I have this in, I have this intricate way of controlling my phone. Uh, before, I think a couple months ago, I stopped doing it because uh, things have gotten less distracting since COVID. I think because like there's just like less desire to kind of like text. I mean, you know, texting people is still like a thing, but you're not texting people for plans and that stuff as much as you used to. So I just kind of stopped using it all in all. But if we ever go back to the office or if like social lives start ramping up again, I might start using it again. Uh, of course, by then I might be on an iPhone 12 since that phone looks really good. <laughs> uh, Tasker has been my main way of time blocking for years now. And I wish I could explain how I set up all my rules. There's probably more elegant ways of doing it. But I've been talking about making a blog post about this for years and I have yet to do it. Uh, but because I barely understand what I've done. But Using an automation <laughs> platform like Tasker with my time blocking on Google Calendar has made my time blocking so much more effective. I wish I could make it do more and like have my computer function a certain way during those hours, but I do not know if that's even possible. So I can only do it down to the phone level, which is just good enough to kind of get your mind in the right place. You're like, oh, I can't go to Twitter right now. I must be focused. I should be focusing on this instead. So it's a it's good to combine time blocking with exterior apps, especially if you could do it to control your own behavior. Since it comes to habits, you are your own worst enemy. Yeah. It's best to have something else to uh, keep track for you. In this case, digital Definitely devices. Definitely, indeed. Um, yeah, you have you have quite the process. I, I just have the do not yeah. disturb mode. <laughs> oh yeah, mine's on don't disturb all the time. Uh, I only turn it off after work. That helps a lot. Oh yeah, another thing that I like about time blocking is that uh, I see it as like a budget for your day. Mm-hmm. I I like to budget my money. I use the app YNAB, which just stands for you need a budget. And I, I mentioned in a previous episode, that's like the most important app in my entire life. The thing with like time blocking, I think it's kind of like the same thing. You have 24 hours in a day. How do you want to spend them? Uh, about eight to nine of them should be dedicated towards sleep. So really you have less hours than 24 hours in a day. So how do you get them to work? Knowing that budget, I think helps me visualize my day more and like say right now it's three thirty. I know I've already spent X number of hours. I've been up since nine. So I've already spent six and a half hours today of my day. How do I want to spend the remaining portion of that? Uh, just knowing that you have a limited quality, a quantity in your day makes a huge difference and it makes you be more mindful for how you pick and choose mm-hmm. and when and what you do. I really like that concept of, um, time budget or our, our budget whatever you said. Mm, Time budgeting. (laughs) Yeah, I really like that because it comes back to what the the saying that everyone says, right? Everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. And there was a guy I follow. I watched one of his talks that he did, Christo of the Future, in which they did an exercise with some of his uh, employees and (laughs) they were wanting to do more of X, right. Or learn X. And he was like, well, you can do that. And they're like, well, I don't know. You ever 
talk with a friend or talk with someone and, and they're wanting to do X, Y, and Z. And you're like, well, do it. And they're like, yeah, I ain't yeah. got enough time to do that. And you're like, nah, <laughs> yeah. you do. It's, it's, so what are you doing? Like if I was to audit your time and I've, I've had this talk with friends, some friends before, I'm like, okay, you come home from work and then y'all just sit and watch Netflix for like four hours every single night. Yeah. And then you're like, I ain't got time to do it. Like, no, nah, you got time to do it. You just don't budget the time to do it. If you want to accomplish it, maybe how about spending two hours per night to do that? What can you accomplish with that? Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's I do a similar thing. I have a rule that for unless like I'm feeling like a very demo that week, I have a rule that I will not uh, do anything, I guess, like non-productive after work until 630. That's typically when we eat dinner is at 630. So up until then, between I usually go like between four to five, between four to six on a good day, or five to six on a kind of a not so good or six thirty, I have to dedicate that time to working on something. It doesn't matter what. It could be uh, has to be saying that's productive. So it could be writing. It could be going for a run. It could be podcasting. I just have to dedicate that time to something that will make me satisfied with my day and not go, oh crap, I just spent three hours playing Dark Souls after work. And it's made, and it's because I'm aware of how my time works. And I have, uh, for a while, I actually had dinner on my time blocking because I had to let myself know that's coming up at 6.30. So how are you going to spend your time before that? Now it's not such a big deal. But being aware of that makes you spend that time better. I've heard people say that it's like they don't want to do things like having a budget. Saying that, that, that like it's too limiting with their money. That they uh, don't know like what to, like they feel like that it's, I guess, like not freeing. But the irony is that having a budget actually makes you feel more free because you realize how much money you actually have and where to put it. So I found out that I could start saving up for an iPhone 12 because I have enough excess money to start saving up for an iPhone 12 and get in like the next three months because that's how my spending habits are. And that's how much excess money I have. So I just create that category. Uh, it's uh, the same thing with the time blocking. Like you're saying, like people can uh, say, I don't, enough, I don't have the time to do it. But yeah, do you really know that? Like know where your time goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's when I I find when people say that they just want to remain ignorant because they don't want, (laughs) Uh, and I used to say that too, right? Oh, I don't want to look at how much money I spend going out to eat because then if I know how much money I spend going out to eat, I know that it's going to be a ridiculous amount of money, right? Now I'll be conscious and constantly thinking about how much money I'm throwing away going out to eat every single day when I can save a ton of money by making my own food at home. Right. Uh, Because I think it's convenient when it's truly not right. Um, Making spending 30 minutes to make a quick meal. You're like, ugh. I don't want to spend 30 minutes. Let me hop in my car, drive <laughs> yeah. 10 yeah. minutes, yep. 10, 15 minutes yep. somewhere, <laughs> sit and drive through or whatever for like 20, yep. 50, you know, yep. five, 10 minutes, then spend another 10, 15 minutes. Like you could have made your, your, your meal at home and been completely fine and not wasted. <laughs> yeah. it, you don't want to think yeah. about those things. Cause I, <laughs> I was that guy. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I was going to take forever for me to like, peel these potatoes or whatever. I was like, I'm going to just go run to the real quick. And it's the same amount of time. So it goes into the whole time money duality, which is actually a good reason to have like some kind of financial tracker. Even it's like a simple thing like mint on your life Mm -hmm. and then having a time blocking as well is that time equals money. So would you rather spend money to get this out of the way or you rather spend time to get this out of the way? What's more valuable for you when it comes to this certain task? And yeah, having that time blocking is useful for that. So for example, uh, we do not pay for, or we do not own a lawnmower because my partner and I both hate yard work. We are willing to spend the uh, uh, some extra money to get rid of those four hours of yard work that would take over our lives every weekend or every two weekends. So we pay to have that removed. So in our in in our head uh, or in in our life, we see that it's best. That's a good trade off. However, some people might value their money more when it comes to that, and they'd rather not spend. X number of dollars per mo, so then they will be willing to put this four hours instead instead of spending that money. It really just goes down to where your priorities lie, and then also being aware of how much time or money it's going to take you, and then figuring out that kind of balance. Like for cooking, I I will cook very cheap meals that take me about an hour and a half to make every Sunday, and then I save a lot of money throughout the week. Uh, it's way better than like you said going to I don't know P Terry's 
and swinging, sing in line for half an hour, drive 15 minutes to get there. Oh, yes, that's pretty far away. Five minutes to get there, sit in line for half an hour, then drive five minutes back, and you got to take it out of its bag. You got to put everything together. It's a lot of work and just easier to bulk cook with a meal prep at the beginning of the week. Yeah. And eat that. And I can't eat pea terrors anyway. So uh, <laughs> the life of going plant Like I time block my meal prepping. Like <laughs> I, that way I know how long it's going to take me. Uh, I know it takes me about an hour and a half. So I'll time block it on Sundays, which is are, are pretty busy days for me. Mm-hmm. I do D and D because it takes four hours of my time. And then in the mornings I typically go for a long run. Uh, and I also do meal prepping. So I need to time block my Sundays to know exactly how just like where I could put what, where, and if I, like I don't even write on Sundays because it's so busy with everything else. Because I know writing's gonna take me at least half an hour to an hour, and I just don't have that kind of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I, I just want to highlight like the importance of what you're saying when you're time blocking. Mm-hmm. Whether you actively time block or not, you are time blocking. It's just making you aware of what you're doing. Just like, just like when you think about money and budgets. You may not think that you have a budget, but you do have a budget. It's the same thing. So in, in the example that you provided, Kyle, is one that I myself mm-hmm. went through because I was finding that it took me uh, back when I owned a house uh, before I moved here. I had a huge yard, front and backyard. And so it would take me me about, mm, about two to three hours of work every Saturday to do all the edging and cleaning and, and picking up branches and clean up work and, and and then mowing the front and back and bagging everything. Like I'm like, I would rather have that two to three hours spent working on this project because I need to get these things done. So I trade at that time instead of me blocking my Saturday mornings and then maybe some days, uh, if it rained a lot, you will also have to block your time uh, to mow in the middle of the week or, you know, seed and do all that stupid crap. <laughs> I hate yard work. I hate it so much. But you, would, I would time block that every Saturday. And I decided that I will swap that block out, pay for it, and then swap in other work that I can do within that two to three hours uh, that I found was a little bit more beneficial to me. So that's something to think about as well. Look at the your blocks and time of availability that you have. Doesn't mean that you have to fill everything with absolutely everything. Um, but just look at it. I was gonna get to that. I was gonna say you could use it in a flexible manner. Yeah. yeah time blocking can be very flexible, especially using something like Google Calendar where you just easily just click and drag. Uh, using a notebook could be a little bit more tedious because you might need to erase lines or just redraw a new block next to it. But mm-hmm. like digital tools like Google Calendar, like I'm like, oh, that took me shorter than that. I'm just going to drag that a bit this way and then move, fill in something else. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, it, it, she shouldn't be too hard on yourself and treating it as like a rigid schedule. She just treat it as more like a guideline for your day. Yes. And that's most important. Treat it as a guideline for the day. Uh, that's, that's what you should do because sometimes I don't hit the things that I block and I just shift it or move it. I move that little block on the calendar to another uh, day or to another time slot. So some great things to think about and to implement in regards to time blocking. So simple and concept, but very powerful when you expand everything that you do in two blocks of time. And you'll find that, wow, if you just try, if you know you do these particular things, you just trade a few of those blocks or replace them with something else, you can really make some progress on some things that you've been wanting to get done, but you always claim you never had the time to. Well, I think it's time to get on to review territory. Let's start with you, Mark. Um, I would give this a five out of five. Applause, applause. <laughs> um, no, seriously. I um, When I discovered this so many years ago, like I wrote a blog <laughs> about it and I was like, oh my God, blocking your calendar, like this helped so much. And it, I was surprised like how, how like the thing that I discovered no one did. And then just kind of sharing that and, and having other people tweak and apply that to how they do things. Even to this day, right over over a decade later, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
like still not many not many people do, are doing that. Everyone's on their journey um, and learning to optimize things um, to make their time more efficient and productive, right? And, and allowing them to really be efficient with the time that they have. And this is one such thing. Like, even if you start, I started off with just one hour per day in my workday, right? The power hour. That's how I started. And I found that to be so successful. And to just time block that one hour on my calendar every morning, I knew what that was. I knew what I needed to do. And it was such a high success rate. I was like, okay, then if I, like we talked about, if email is my to-do list and I want to avoid that and truly work off things that I derive that I need to, to complete, not someone else's, um, you know, fire that they, they created for themselves and now I'm trying to give to you, then let me try this blocking out time for reading email. Wow, this is super great. I'm not drowning in email and and I'm being, you know, I'm not letting this drive my day. Well, how about time at the end of the day to uh, plan something um, or to plan the next day, right? What's the next power hour thing I'm going to work on? So I found it great. I think it's great. Even if you start off with one hour, you're going to find that there's so many things that you're able to do and complete and focus uh, once you start specializing that particular hour or focus time or time block, if you will, to uh, one particular thing or set of things. And you'll just kind of build your own rhythm and go from there. But so it, it's it's hard to think about it as a separate thing, as we've discussed in here, because I've been doing it so long is just kind of something you do. But for many people, it's not something it's something that everyone does, but they may not be able to to name it as a particular thing. And if you never name Voldemort, then you're never going to be able to defeat him. Right. <laughs> um, so yep. once you name yep. it, uh, it no longer has power over you. You have power over it. Oh, wow. I'm going on a motivational tour here. Deep now. I'm going on a tour. <laughs> uh, tickets 2021 coming on Eventbrite soon. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> um, so it's a five out of five for me. What about you, Kyle? Also five out of five. Been using it for years, saying that everybody who is trying to take their productivity seriously should do. Uh, it'll change your life. As you're saying, once you give it a name, it you have more power over it. In a sense, you're giving your hours a name, so you have more powers of those hours. Wow, power hour came back again. Uh, there's a, there's two good articles I found from uh, Todoist and Rescue Time about time blocking methods. I will, or I guess Mark, since you're writing this episode, Mark will include those into the show notes. I link them to our shared document, so you get them for reference. Uh, they're mm -hmm. a good uh, overview, kind of what we talked about. A little bit more specific because you know they're written with an outline instead of just talking until we uh, until we run out of things to talk about. So yeah, five out of five, I recommend this to everybody. It changed my life the same way that budgeting changed my life. You start to view time as more of an object that can be molded and manipulated towards your liking and uh, less of something that you're a slave to. Yeah, so uh, let's get on to our next thing. Mark, this is something that you found, so I think you should introduce it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let me... Come on, let me pull it back up. I just, I don't know why I closed <laughs> this window. Ah, hang, hang in there with me. Hang in there. So this next thing, how I came across this from oh, Yeah, how did you a, come across this? Huh? So yeah, how did you come across this? Uh, <laughs> the next thing I would so, get an ad for on Instagram, since Instagram for me is all productivity ads. Well, it was on Instagram. But it was from a um, guy slash business I follow whose products I'm a big fan of, Ugmonk, U-G-M-O-N-K. So he, now, now I'm not saying that he um, uh, advocated for this or anything. He was sent this product and I was like, Magic Mind? Yeah. <laughs> the world's first productivity drink? Hmm. <laughs> what is this? So he had hadn't tried it, but the topic of nootropics had came up. Uh, I'm a, I'm a with, big follower of nootropics. I don't use them as much as yeah. I used to, but I used to uh, follow nootropics subreddits. Which nootropics, for those who don't know, are 
uh, substances that usually it makes the substances that when mixed together can increase your focus. Like caffeine is the most basic form of nootropic that people use on a daily basis. Uh, but there's ways to amplify the effects of caffeine, which is what this magic mind is supposed to do. Yes. Yes. And so it's a mixture of multiple things like matcha, adaptogens, nootropics, honey. There's just different flavors that they have. So it's it's supposed to be you take alongside your coffee or tea drink that you have in the morning or whatever. And then it's supposed to, um, you know, add its benefits and let the ingredients do the work, et cetera, et cetera. We get more into the details of that. But that's how I saw it. He received this uh, package, I believe, from them and shared in his story because he also has the the um, some productivity uh, stuff that's coming out with his analog kit uh, that I ordered. Um, so I can't wait to get that this year. So that sent this out to him. And since the topic was fresh for us, I saw this and sent it to Kyle. And for us to give it a try. I was immediately was like, we got to test this. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a try um, and see how this impacts us. We know from the previous episode that we did, no caffeine, how that actually can affect your productivity levels and your focus and stuff. So it'll be very interesting to have the quote unquote world's first productivity drink and see what that does, how that helps us in our focus and our ability to to be productive throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to try this one. I have Magic Mind right in front of me. I bought the 15 pack to try out. It was a bit expensive, but I guess the target audience are people that are that have money that they can uh, that they want to again edge on their game. So we'll see how this goes. In the meantime, though, you can check out more episodes of the Product Day Lab at tpl.show or theproductaylab.show. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, where we should be more active, but we really aren't. That's Productive Lab. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kylesq9, or we could read my writings mostly fiction now, over at quadrant9.net. Where can they find you, Mark? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at AskMarkio. That is AskMarkio. You can also find my writings on my blog at AskMark.io. Stay productive. Yay. That was an episode that went way longer than I expected.